Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. recording this on my laptop and not with a microphone. Uh, I'm just too tired to be sitting in my studio today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the show When the Camellia Blooms, which is a 2019 Korean drama from KBS. It is such an interesting show. I really love this show. It stars Gong Hyojin, first of all, which I mean, I've mentioned her multiple times on this show already. I love Gong Hyojin. She's one of my favorite actresses of all time. She stars opposite Kang Hanul, who is a very versatile actor. He's played like a wide range. He typically plays a lot of like melodramatic or heavy kinds of roles, but this one, he's very light, upbeat, and he's hilarious. He plays basically like a country bumpkin idiot who also happens to be a cop, but he's got a heart of gold and he's in love with Kung Hyojin's character. And I really adore this show. It is really like a perfect balance of romantic comedy with this small town comedy, black comedy mixed with this noir thriller. Like I, I've really, it's, it's hard to balance something like that out like a noir thriller. It's like heavy, you know, there's like a serial killer, like a psychopathic murderer. That's um, whose plot line is running parallel to this romance plot line. But even that romance plot line is very elaborate. Like Kong Yujin's character, um, you know, Dong Baek, Dong Baek, she is a single mother she has a son, an eight-year-old son that she is responsible for. And she runs basically, uh, it's a restaurant, but it's also a drinking establishment. Like a, it's like a Hof, I guess. And um, she is just discriminated against for, first of all, being a single mother out of wedlock and for running a drinking establishment. And it is so interesting watching how she is navigating some of these patriarchal social stigmas and still trying to thrive right still trying to claim her right to be happy and live a fulfilling life and i was just so moved by this show on so many levels first of all the performance by these actors was it was just spectacular okay i would say like my favorite character was actually pilgu pilgu is the eight-year-old boy Dongbaek's eight-year-old son and he is played by kim kang hoon who is such a such an impressive uh, young man. I saw him in Mr. Sunshine. So that show came out the year before when the Camellia Blooms. Like he was playing like young toddler Eugene. Um, so uh, when the Camellia Blooms, this what was also surprising for me about this show is that it's even though it's very feminist, it's actually written by a man. And this is this was extremely uh, uh, refreshing for me um, because. We need more male feminists, and this guy seems to have it down. The writer's name is Im, Chang, uh, Im Sang Chun, and he's written maybe two, three other Korean dramas in the past. I haven't seen those shows, but 
when the camellia blooms this is a very impressive show there's so many layers like thematically uh there's so many aspects to this show that um are kind of uh processing very complex sort of um how do i say traumas or crises that korea has dealt with right um the whole notion of you know bar culture being associated with single women and sex work right like that has this long history that not only is pervasive in modern korean history uh linked to u.s military bases and camp towns or you know uh hostess bars or you know things of that nature or room salons as they call it um and not all of these places are sexual in nature per se but a number of them happen to be so. This is not just a modern Korean history kind of element, but you also have this kind of culture that stems back to like Joseon Dynasty and beyond. So pre-modern Korea, pre-colonial Korea, you had uh, Gisengs, for instance, who were female entertainers, and they would oftentimes pour drinks for these higher upper class Yangban men. Um, people who were government officials and whatnot. Um, and these Kizang women, they were also um, somewhat educated. Like they were able to recite poetry. They knew how to read. Uh, they were um, very fit to sort of hold a conversation with a lot of these sophisticated men, for instance. Um, Kizang women were also very uh, talented, um, like artistically gifted. Many of them painted, many of them sang, many of them danced, many of them played instruments. So the Kizang was a very interesting sort of figure uh, who, was, who was a female, but also happened to be a sex worker at the same time. So it's a really interesting sort of figure. So because of that history, right? And, and you know, this history uh, persists today. Like there are many room salons and hostess bars and you know, prostitution sites in Korea that are linked to drinking. So it's tied to drinking establishment, right? Like that's all kind of in this one uh, frame. Um, because of that history, Dongbe, the character, she is looked down upon by everybody in her neighborhood. They all assume that she is selling her body. They all assume that she's sort of this sly fox of a woman who is trying to steal away their husbands, but that just doesn't happen to be the case. But at the same time, this show is, is conducting a very interesting, sophisticated critique of patriarchal order and satirizing it and um, really digging deep. While I was watching this show, a thing that occurred to me is how similar Korean dramas, especially romantic comedies uh, with a feminist angle, how similar they are structurally or conceptually to uh, pre-code films in, in classical Hollywood cinema. What I mean by that is, um, so prior to the Paramount Decree, uh, all these movies from Hollywood were um, censored by a production code administration. So it was a separate entity, not necessarily a government entity and not even necessarily a Hollywood industry entity. It was like its own sort of weird thing that was heavily influenced by white Christian patriarchy and 
actually that was the whole thing so you had this um this guy will hayes who would basically say like oh you know you can't have sex in movies you can't have cursing you can't have anything that would that would you know hurt uh or soil the minds of the youth you know what i'm saying so it, it was a form of sanitizing movies back then right so Hollywood cinema had to work around these production codes. And out of that working aroundness, you had all these interesting sort of ways of implying sexuality or implying gayness or implying, you know, like innuendos, for instance. You know, there were all these kinds of ways of getting around the code. And the biggest culprit of the code was sex, right? But in, in Korean romantic comedies, what I'm noticing is the big... Thing to work around this patriarchal order so that patriarchal rigidity patriarchal oppression is there but you have korean dramas romantic comedy dramas with a strong female uh protagonist and their work the the narr narration or the narrative is working around that patriarchal order by making fun of men who you know want to feel like a big shot so they sort of like play along the boundaries of infidelity right or his his mother right who is a mother-in-law to to a woman and she is like harassing and abusive or you know townswomen who talk shit right making these judgments and comments when they don't even know what the reality is right and who's to say that you know patriarchy's face is necessarily a man's no patriarchy is a system it's a system it's a structural system and so it could be any individual regardless of their gender and you see um that sort of patriarchal toxicity playing out uh by a lot of these male characters on the show and a lot of female characters on this show and ultimately um you know what the show is sort of pushing for is that Tungbek is a woman who is worthy of love and she is not not only a mother i mean not only is her mother identity very important and precious but her female identity her desire to be loved to be adored and to be taken care of by another by a partner is also very important right so it's sort of melding these two sort of archetypes the mother archetype and the woman archetype like how do these the romantic woman archetype how do these things come together how can they cohere because that's oftentimes the difficulty that a lot of men have or that you know patriarchy often has they can't really meld sexuality with motherhood they always have to see these things as a separate thing um so in any case uh this show was really it was really handling so many female um issues that i i thought was just done real nicely and uh, it was a real pleasure re-watching it today i'm going to be talking to uh, my guest uh, marissa lamas she is a los angeles based um, actress and she's also an improv and sketch comic and she's uh, very um very sweet very funny and uh and a strong individual um, she's very different from myself, and that is why uh, talking to her can be very interesting at times. I tend to learn a lot from her. Um, but yeah, I had a really nice chat with her. So let's talk to Marissa Lamas. Yeah, like, what's going on with you? 
So much, dude. Like I was in a pretty bad car accident in, a month ago, and that, oh my god, like, my car is totaled. <gasps> yeah, it's my fault. I rear-ended somebody. Luckily, like I'm okay. Theoretically, they're okay. Yeah. Um, like the ambulance wasn't called, but oh my god. Yeah. So I have a brand new fucking car, and then like okay. Five days later, got the first scratch because I got blocked into a parking lot, super LA. My and God. then um, last week, somebody smashed the window <gasps> and stole like um, my iPod charger, <gasps> a water bottle, and some floss. Oh my! They got really? away with it. They fucking got away with the floss, cranberry floss. I didn't even get to taste it. So I don't know what Canterbury's type of house is like. That's messed up. That is messed up. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Thanks, dude. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I'm glad that like I'm in a place where it's like it's totally random. You know, before I might have been like karma, but now I'm just like I live in Highland Park. It's L.A. Like cars get broken into all the time, and you know if that other person was at a point where they like they needed something or you know they have nothing to lose, then that's it's none of my fucking business. It's not okay. it's not about like me as a person or whatever. It, it just yeah. it's totally random. I mean, yeah. it's not totally random, but you know it, it's it's not about me. Like fine, right? And I'm just glad that I was able to like it was kind of weird almost and like uh, good and like mental health and like. 9 a.m. got to the car. It was smashed. Skipped out on um, personal training. Called somebody. They came yeah. by and fixed it. And by like yeah. 4 p.m., I had a brand new window. Okay. So I was like, you know, got- like shit happens and then it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Got taken care of. Well, at least you have a good attitude about it, you know? Like, that's what they say, right? Like, shit happens and then, you know, it's like how you react to it. That's what ends up mattering more, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. You tend to be pretty chill about these things, though. You know, like, I don't really see you get worked up about, like, quote unquote disasters or <laughs> events. Yeah. Like I mean, this. I mean, I've, like, been working on it and, you know, meditating a lot. So, like, it's, it's helpful. And I mean, I just, I don't want to say I'm, like, the type of person who's just, like, positivity over everything else, but. Yeah, I definitely think everything can be learned from. And I also think I'm just really grateful. Like, I'm so grateful that I'm in a place where I have my own place. I had the money to get that car window fixed immediately. You know, there's fuckers out here with like plastic over their window because you can't afford to fix it. And I'm so lucky that within a day I had the cash. I'm Mm -hmm. not worried about where my rent is coming from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing when Adrian was stolen. Nobody's hurt. Like, Mm -hmm it's it's like not uh mm-hmm. it's not worth my energy yeah that's true yeah it does suck up energy to like focus on some something bad that happens to you and stuff yeah that's totally yeah. true mm. but i do feel like you know it's still something like i mentioned to people when you're like how are you doing because i'm like oh yeah 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 this stuff is sort of like weighing on me <laughs> It's just so hilarious. Okay, I'm watching this show. I'm I'm obsessed with this show right now. It's called um, My Liberation Notes. And there is this character in there that I am obsessed with. I'm like in love with this character. I haven't fallen mm-hmm. this hard in love for a character since The Handmaid's Tale when I was in love with Nick Blaine. But I am 
what does that mean for you? Like, do you want to fuck them? Or you're just like, you love the writing? Is, I, is it like yeah, more of a mental I, thing? I want to fuck. I want to fuck them. It's a mental thing. For okay. me, mental and bodily are the same. Mind and body are not separate for me. I mean, so, like, is it like an academic thing? Like where you're thinking about the writer? No, so no. You're, like this is, a, this is a real person to you. And I'm attracted to this character. Uh-huh. I'm in love with them. So I'm in love with this character. He's like an ex-thug, like an ex-con, not a con, he's an ex-thug. He used to be like a club owner, like head mm -hmm. honcho gangster leader. And then uh, he he went through some kind of tragedy and then he moved to like bumfuck nowhere and like doesn't even reveal his name. He And he started working for a family, like the family's father is a carpenter and a farmer and he starts working for that guy and then he starts dating the youngest daughter in that family and um and while like they're dating that. while they're uh -huh. dating the guy suddenly in the middle of dating literally like just maybe two three weeks into the relationship he says he confesses something really horrendous about his past in order to distance himself from her and she mm -hmm. says Oh, you think you're like a big man by like being all tough? Like you would rather let like wild dogs tear off your arm, but you can't use that same arm to what hold me, a woman? Like, mm. and I was just like, oh, this girl is like nailing it on the head. Yeah. Men are so afraid of being vulnerable, oh, yeah. so much more afraid of being vulnerable than going to war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, than than fighting some guy on the street or proving what is that? What are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> oh, that hurts so much. What? I just pressed the sound button on headphones and it just made that noise. I oh. was trying to turn it down, but I guess I guess this is what you're you're like your audio is so crisp. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh my god, we're in the I have a because I have a mic. You could lower it on your computer, can't you? The I, volume. I know, I have been in it. It's not doing anything. But just you oh, tap okay. it physically on your computer. Is that better? It's it's just like one one volume. Okay. So it's like either no volume or volume. Whatever. It's fine. I'll survive if I don't push that fucking button again. Um yeah, yeah so men would rather go to war than hold you at night. And that's totally then be vulnerable. The point is being vulnerable. Yeah. Like they they are so terrified of being vulnerable with a woman, being open and vulnerable with a woman. Ultimately, they just don't know how the fuck to be chill about it. And, you know, this female character in this show, she was just like calling him pathetic for it, calling him out in such a in such an efficient way that I've never yeah. heard before. And I was just like, she nailed it. That's exactly it. Because to me, men are not afraid of vulnerability and openness. Like, okay, so there's this uh, there's this filmmaker guy that I dated when I was 24. He was 42. I was mm -hmm. so in love with him. He was like tall with like like his hair looked like mine. It was long, and it was like shaggy, and he was like he had like skinny arms and legs but like a fat pot belly because he drank a lot of beer he like loved beer he ate like he loved pickles like it was so gross like he ate pickles and beer like that's like that was his diet basically and there was such an 
openness and security about him because he knew exactly who he was and there was this like steady unshakable like foundational core to him that i was so attracted to like i was like i i love this guy and uh that like to me that's a man you know like Mm. he was not afraid like he was not afraid on a child's diet on a yeah dude like oh my god pickles Pickles, he liked soda it was just so fucking hilarious anyway uh yeah like he and i we hooked up and then i i ran away i fled because i was more like at the time i was looped in the cycle of like feeling unwanted all the time and needing to escape before somebody tells me to leave or whatever but he was like like kind of shocked that i left he's like you know, after you left like that, you know, it felt like somebody threw $50 on the counter and just like bounced, you know, like I felt so used. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, don't do that anymore. Like he wanted me around all the time. He wanted me over all the time. He would like take me out to dinner, take me out for drinks. It was like a very like constant thing. And literally like we hadn't even been dating for that long but like every morning he would be like farting in bed like really fucking loud like just doesn't care i was taking a shower one time and he like opens the door and he like sits he sits down on the toilet i'm like please don't take a shit oh my god please don't take a shit i i just shower with the door unlocked thinking it's just common courtesy to not come in when somebody's in the shower right but no this fucking guy comes in sits down on the toilet and starts peeing while i'm in the shower and i i was like are you are you peeing while sitting down he's like yeah i pee when i i sit when i pee and i was just like this guy is so interesting like what what's with him he's fucking bizarre i i've never met anybody like him he's just so like quirky and doesn't care what people think about him and i loved that quality like that's that sheer strong security you know and like i'm looking at myself nowadays right and i'm kind of like embodying him a little bit physically like my i've been dyeing my hair so much that it's getting to be like the shaggy lion's mane like today i kind of styled it because i was on set but it's like shaggy lion's mane like I do stand up so I have this like stand up hunch you know like this little hunch and I was like looking at some photos of myself recently I was like oh my god I look like I look like him you know from over 10 years ago when we dated and was he your age now no like he was he wasn't also 24 no he was four he was in his 40s I was in my 20s but uh but it's not it's not so much like I think it's more like I am starting to become lovable to myself is my point. Like I was so in love with that guy because he knew who he was and I loved all of his quirks and his authentic being. Yeah. And uh, I'm starting to come to that place with myself, you know? Oh yeah, dude. And um, yeah, like I, I am... I'm not going to date any, I'm not going to let anybody into my life where I don't see that quality too. Like if, if I don't see like that, he knows who he is Mm. and he's like, and he sees me for me and recognizes and accepts me for me. And we have this mutual appreciation unless that's there. I'm not going to let anybody in. And it's like, I, I know that. And I have that certainty that that is, 
a thing like and that I'm now ready for it and mm-hmm. so yeah like I'm kind of on on this plane level where it's like when I see it I'll know and that person will also know and it's like no questions asked here it's like this is on so yeah I I I can't do what you do like the whole lily pad thing like boys I mean I've well, done girl, it I hope I I'm not doing it anymore you know yeah. <laughs> like I I'm like I'm taking a break man I'm like I'm glad everything else is moving and shaking because I don't have time for this shit yeah yeah you are I mean your your life is very wholesome you know like you know you take classes like you know you have a lot of friends you know you're working a lot I mean yeah you have a pretty wholesome life yeah so it's like Um, what what else are you working on these days? Um, dude, I want to say it out to you, like, no matter what it is, like, it's a big deal that you're on a TV show. Yeah? Like, okay. it really is. And, like, it's almost even, like, mildly offensive to somebody who is, like, working really hard to do stuff for you not to, like, take this opportunity to be like, hey, I did something incredible and you have been working towards it with your economy you know, with whatever. Yeah. And like, don't gaslight yourself and don't like minimize that. Mm. You know, like you're like, I'm a doctor who cares. Grace. Mm. That's a big deal. You know, like, yeah. Um, so I hope you take some time to later think about and be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, yeah, you are going to keep running up into a wall where you're like, I'm working and working, working and nothing, nothing amounts to anything. Well, it's also like maybe you're not seeing the things that you're doing as amounting to something because from my point of view outside, yeah. you're doing a lot and the things you're doing are hard and you should be applauded. So, yeah, I appreciate you know? that. But yeah, I don't think I'm minimizing it. You know, like I, this was booked like a few weeks ago and I did spend time like appreciating myself and celebrating it. It's just, okay. you know, like, as I'm talking about it now, it's more like, I mean, it's part of it is fatigue. Um, but the other thing is also like, I just can't talk about it because I had to sign an NDA. And it's like yeah. the nature of the program and all of that. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate the reminder. I do. Um, yeah, it, you're right. It is a big deal. It, and I absolutely know that because, uh, okay. you know, as a comic, it's like, you know, part of the part of the culture of stand-up is when I'm being introed and they mm-hmm. announce me along with my credits, you know? Yeah. Up until now, like, I didn't really have, like, a, an astounding credit, you know? But now it's like, I have one. And that's, yeah, that is big, you know? So, like, yeah, I do, I am counting it. You know, and that's not the only big thing that's happened. Like if I were to count it, like, you know, my my film is in the festival circuit, got into two huge film festivals, you know, Um, like I'm talking to agents right now for my books, you know, like that's huge. You know, like I have a lot of shit um, that's headed towards me that I am in full appreciation of Um, part of my like not like flipping out and going crazy about it is also just because it's like well you know uh i don't know i mean i maybe it's something i need to explore i don't know like 
some of it is like I don't want to celebrate too soon you know what I mean like I want to yeah. celebrate it once I see it airing then I'll I'll fucking brag about it and shit you know like once I sign the deal memo with a publisher or with another job then I'll celebrate it it's like part of it is also kind of like you know managing yeah just managing my my emotions around it you know not like not counting the eggs I mean not counting the chickens yeah you know that kind I of mean, thing I guess I also say it because I definitely do the same thing you know and so you're talking to yourself not so much to me then a little bit of both I mean I think you know obviously you know what's going on in your head and how proud you yeah, are but like yeah. you know we haven't talked in a while and the last times I've spoken to you you were kind yeah. of like down about things and yeah yeah there was nothing um, happening back then yeah yeah things were sort of different and I think you know from that time period I don't mm -hmm. often see you talk about the things and projects you're doing super yeah. positively we don't um, see each other that often I think the last time I saw you was like what March or February I think February for, for your birthday that yeah. was February yeah 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 I was not yeah. in a good place in February February March were probably the hardest times for me I was like in March, every single day, I was like, it was sort of in jest, but I was posting like today, uh, the things things I can do today instead of killing myself. And then I would list things like drink tea, go for a walk, you know, like I was literally mm -hmm. doing that to get through my day to day. It was a dark, it was a dark fucking time. Mm -hmm. But uh, since April, actually, I downloaded um, that app you told me to download the time passages one. Oh, the, the astrology one? The hardcore <laughs> astrology one? I got that. Are you a certified um, astrologist now? No, no, no. Nothing like that. But it's like, it's fun. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It was basically saying like, from April onwards, like things are going to start to open up. And it was kind of true. Like in April, uh, in April, like my, my film played at the festival. I was traveling. I was going to Baltimore. In April, uh, I started working a job, a freelance job um uh in april i was i was uh getting booked for this show like a lot of shit happened in april and then yeah. they were like you know this this phase from april through november is like the phase of like abundance and opportunity and i'm like okay yeah let's fucking ride this wave as hard as possible so um yeah i've been hustling you know and, I mean, uh, I think you were I, hustling before, even if it was for your mental that's, health. That's, that's true. It's true. You know, you know I, like I, even if like literally all you could do is drink tea, like that's that's not easy when you're fucking yeah feeling suicidal, suicidal. or whatever yeah. it yeah. is. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's so, true. No. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm in a I'm in a much better place than I was then, and, and part of it has to do with the fact that I do have a job, like a like a freelance job now. You know, that's and good. you know, also like the film getting into festivals and you know like booking a gig and mm -hmm. you know like i'm seeing the opportunities kind of like fall into place now whereas before they were all hypotheticals you know yeah yeah and um so like compared to how i was in february march i'm in a far better place so yeah so now i understand like where you were coming from with that comment but yeah i i do appreciate it and i do hear you yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's like the thing with like the the mediocre dude, right? Like he's just like, oh yeah, I did this and this and this, and it's so easy. Whereas like, you know, we're so 
well, maybe I won't use the word we anymore. Like, you yeah. know, I'll be so scared to, to say something until it's like completely done because, uh-huh. yeah, because there have been times when it didn't happen or also just uh-huh. like, because we're living in a world where it may not happen for us and we don't often see it happen. Yeah. It's so, part of the industry. Yeah. 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 It's like, how do we get to the point where we're just like, oh yeah, whatever. No skin off my back. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, when uh-huh. we get as many privileges as they do, and you know, hopefully that time comes. So but until then, you know, yeah. it's just like we gotta to amp ourselves up. And mm-hmm. for me, it's been mm-hmm. helpful, like going through this shitty time where all these things are fucked up. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just been more of a gratefulness exercise. Like, okay, the things that I do. Yeah. Have. Yes. And before I was like, oh, I don't want to count those eggs because they didn't hatch. But now I'm like, right, right. Otherwise, what did I do with my time? <laughs> You know, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like, actually, no, I have been working hard. Right. I do work really hard. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think um, not giving yourself credit for that holds you back and, and makes you feel small and not good. And for sure, it reminds me of like Lisa, for example, she's like, what are you even doing? You know? Yeah. Obviously, she's been? crazy. But you know, what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I need to see it for myself. Like, I need to have the stability uh-huh. in myself to be like, I mm-hmm. am working towards something, even if I'm not getting paid for something. And yes. Like, yes. All yeah. of it. It's, it's a, what do they call it? They call it repetition and ritual. Like, um, like, you know, like you always say this, which I think is such a like great point. You're always like, you know, when I exercise, I'm working on my body, which is part of my job as an actor, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah like for the longest time like you know i mean i i have a history of like anorexia and bulimia since i was in my teens but you know like i've struggled with weight issues body issues all my life since i was a child but recently in recent times it's like oh i i exercise because it helps with my creativity and like Mm -hmm. once i I found that reason it's like exercise is a non-negotiable for me now you know whereas before it was always like I need to exercise because I'm a fat pig and I need to have a hot body so I could attract a piece of shit to fuck my brains out that was the fucking mentality just so horrendous but yeah but it's so true it's so real for but it's real it's a lot of women a lot of women think that way and it's not even that's not even their inner voice that's that's the society's voice that's the patriarchy's Mm -hmm. voice that's some asshole's voice so I now that I I have that like alignment it's like okay exercise is a non-negotiable for me and um yeah like uh you said something really interesting earlier about like how when we once we get as many opportunities like that mediocre white dude then yeah it'll feel a little less urgent or or something like that like i was listening to this uh podcast with uh, sandra o right Mm -hmm. like our our beloved sandra o our goddess sandra o she was like talking about opportunities for you know people of color and versus white men who are now nowadays complaining because they're like oh i don't get jobs these days because i'm not i'm not part of the diversity packet or whatever and they're they're mm-hmm. bitching and moaning about it and then sandra o was kind of like you know even even if we 
hire a person of color in the right for the writer's room or for a director's role like we also need to take into consideration that they were not given those opportunities before so they don't have as many experience as much experience as the mediocre white guy and and his resume reflects so it needs to be a good balance of not just giving them that job and opportunity but also mentoring them you know so it has to be a community function and she was saying how like when it comes to asian american actors all of them have her phone number like she is like there for them and i was just like so That's moved dope. by it. i was so moved by that i was like she gets it like she gets it from a structural industrial kind of position of what what that that quota you know of like diversity hire requires it's not just about picking somebody with a certain kind of last name or certain kind of skin color or certain kind of cultural background and just putting them in that job position and and then filling a quota it's about also maintain making that sustainable and making that job actually possible so that they could execute it well and then have people like be like oh this was really great rather than be like well they had a shitty resume that's why we can't just hire these randos because they're going to do a terrible job right mm -hmm. because if you don't have the experience and the skill set then yeah like it's not going to be as good as some quote-unquote mediocre white guy who has way more experience way more mentors way more confidence right because of mm -hmm. how the system is so i was like really like i was like yeah sandra oh like i'm yeah so much more of a fan than i was before now right yeah my friend was just well yeah i was um uh... Well, I, I don't know if we're like recording now. I keep asking you that because I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to say certain things if we are. You don't you don't have to say anything you don't want to talk about. You know, this we are recording, so you don't have to say anything you don't feel comfortable with. But um, well, then I'm not going to mention that story because yeah, I, you don't have to. OK, so yeah. I'll just treat it like we we're using this stuff. OK, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, there's no pressure to say or do anything you don't feel comfortable with. I don't know. Do you struggle with that at all? Like, um, I really don't like being touched by strangers. That's like a big thing. Even with like people I know, like touch is like very, it's like a big deal for me. I think we talked about this. Like, uh, but I was at a mic and I did a set and then I came off stage and this like gay guy walked up to me and he started like hugging me. And then his hand was like over my shoulder and it was like tapping my boob. And I was uncomfortable, but I couldn't say anything because he was like, like his voice and his tone. He was like, oh, I love you. I love you. Like, it was like, you know, yeah. so I, I was like kind of conflicted and confused and a little bit taken aback. And my friend who was sitting right in front of me, like reacted very angrily, you know, like very mm -hmm. defensively and was like, she doesn't like being touched, like back off. And I was just like, oh my God. But like, at the same time, I also don't want to fight, you know? Uh, but I was just like, why didn't I speak up? Like, why why couldn't I just say like, okay, I appreciate your compliments, but like, I don't like being touched. Like, I, I don't. Do you struggle with that ever? I I have such a hard I time. I think everyone with that. does. I mean, yeah, this is now turning into the the trauma 2020, 2021, 2022, You know, like this conversation. <laughs> but you know, like everyone's talking about it, and it's so true. Like boundaries are something that are very hard to develop yeah and i've said this many times before um 
I like to think of it. I feel like I'm every. I think everybody's still working on their boundaries. I worked mm-hmm. on mine a lot, yeah. but especially for people who grew up in situations where they needed to like people please, or you know, mm. like for me coming out of an Asian community right. where it's all about like harmony mm-hmm. and like the group. Like right. you don't want to say anything that you know makes somebody else feel uncomfortable. Sure, but you know, I have. I always say to people like practice in small scenarios so that Mm. way when a big scenario comes up Uh you have already built your confidence so like that to me one of the great because we're in america and Mm -hmm. customer is king (laughs) is a great place to practice boundaries so like it happens frequently or you know enough that everyone has had an experience where they got overcharged for something or maybe the cashier charged them twice yeah and that's a common scenario where you might be like ah you know like whatever the gum was just 79 cents I'm just whatever or you know you could take that scenario and be like hey um and for me it's a lot about keeping my tone of voice not angry and it helps the more you practice your boundaries the less angry you are because you haven't been bottling it up yeah and thinking about all the possible ways that this person (laughs) has tried to fucking take your 79 cents for that goddamn gum yeah you know yeah yeah. because that's what's happening is like your brain and your anxiety is going all these other places yeah. And so you take this opportunity to practice in a low stakes environment. Because right. in most places in America, customer, you're supposed to be nice to the customer. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are being forced to do something, you know, that we we're talking about working on. But, yeah. you know, just practice saying like, oh, hey, I think um, I think you may have charged me twice for the gum. Sure. And, you know, 99% of the time that person is going to be like, oh, let me check it out. You know, yeah. sometimes you might get an asshole who's defensive, but in America, uh-huh. it's really hard because people want to keep their jobs. Sure. Um, then be like, oh, shoot, you're right. Or, oh, you're wrong. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, my bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. You you would just push pause. You try your yeah. best to say it without being like, hey, I just tried to steal 79 cents from you. Yeah. And you don't know this, but my rent is due tomorrow. Actually, you do know this. <laughs> You do. Doesn't everybody right. know that the first yeah. of the month is when rent is due? It was a malicious um, personal attack. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm. more often you set up like boundaries or pauses in low stakes environments. Or or okay. even even if just the, the talking to a person you don't know. I think uh-huh. we all have like a lot of social anxiety. Yeah. So it's just like like saying like, oh hey, you dropped this. Right. Or like or like, oh, excuse me. That's one thing that oh, that's a that's a good practice one. A lot of times people will be like, you know, after a while you'll notice in your periphery, because you're just like looking at your thing. You don't realize somebody is waiting to fucking grab something. But you would have known if they they just said, oh, excuse me. Right. Right. But it it actually annoys me now when I see that this person is expecting me to to mind read. Mind read. That they're there or that they want this. Sure. When they they could, you know, it's both. I could be a little bit more aware and then they could also just like set a nice boundary. Just be like, hey, do you mind? Right, 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 right. So practice doing that and eventually you get up to a level where you tell someone. Please don't touch um, my boob. I don't know you. Yeah. Or you can just Mm. say to them because because we don't know. Like he doesn't know that if, if it was a he, they don't know that. Yeah, it bothers you, and yeah. you don't know that that they had malicious intentions. Yeah, they just yeah. don't know. So it's just coming right. at it from a place of being like, 
oh, hey, you know, I, you know, thank you so much. I, I actually don't feel comfortable being touched. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like, yeah. it was really a test in two kinds of boundary making. Like, it was not only him, like, violating my physical boundary, which I was allowing. And I was just, like, so shocked by how fast it happened. And because he was complimenting me, I felt this, like, need to be nice because he was paying me a compliment. But he was violating my boundary by, I mean, he was, like, way too close. And I don't know him. He's a total stranger to me, you know? And then my friend, when she got defensive and started yelling at him, I started feeling like she was overstepping my boundary in a way by starting a fight on my behalf, which I didn't want, you know? So it was really like two kinds of boundaries that were being violated. And like, you know, they were like arguing, they were like going back and forth about it. And so eventually he left and I just said to her, I was like, look, like, I appreciate, you know, you standing up for me uh, and... I'm still like working on being able to like say no and like all of that, but like, please don't get into fights on my behalf. Like, I don't like that, you know? Yeah. So, so Good for you, that was another boundary. You said. Yeah. That was a boundary setting, but um, yeah, I was just like, Oh, it's so weird how like when something physical happens, it's so fast. And you know, like I was literally going like this, like that's happened to me, like even up until like in the past year has happened like less than a year ago some mm-hmm. some comedians a male comic he was drunk and he kept touching me it was so horrible and i kept going like this like balling up but i couldn't say anything because he was like laughing and being jovial and everybody was laughing and being jovial i just felt like i didn't want to ruin the mood but eventually at the end of the night he was like about to hug me one last time before he left. And I just told him, I was like, that makes me really uncomfortable. And he finally backed off and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize that. And I was like, yeah, well, when a woman is balling up, you know, literally turning her body into a ball, like try to read her fucking body language and, and just know, like, stop it, you yeah. know? Um, But yeah, it's like, it's so funny how, I'm at this age and I, I still just don't know how to be like, dude, stop it. You know, like it, it's just so funny and surprising to me that that's still not habitual yet. So yeah, but you're dude, right. I like, mean, yeah, it's everybody. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I hope you don't feel like, like you're like a five-year-old when everyone else is in college. No, like mm-hmm. look at the fucking world. Look at dating in LA. You think yeah. you think people are ready? <laughs> no, they don't know. Like, right. Um, right. I I don't want to talk about my personal experiences with that, but yeah. I I do think, yeah, you know, yeah. That's my take. Is like, don't feel like you're the only one. I definitely have felt uncomfortable and been in situations where I wish I had spoken up sooner. Right. Right. Um, but you know, at the same, it's a mix. You know, like it's on yeah. us, but it's also. It's on everybody as people to just be a little bit more aware and, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, empathetic. Yeah. Mine, like, similar to what you were saying about, like, saying excuse me and reaching for something. And, you know, like, it's like consideration from both parties. Like, mindfulness is required from both ends, kind of, to avoid, like, these scenarios where, where people are like, well, I didn't know that that was sexual assault. And you didn't know it was sexual assault until you got home. You know, like, that kind of thing is, like... That those scenarios can be avoided when both parties are more mindful of physical boundaries and respect oh, and totally. whatnot. Um, so, okay, that's, yeah. 
but I, I I appreciate what you were saying about like you know try it try it in small exercises like small ways I think that's I think that's good advice thank you for that yeah that's something I generally have realized about myself is like in some ways you know like moving to Germany or or becoming an actor some of the things that I do would be considered by others as risky behavior. Mm-hmm. And I do think of myself like I, I like variety. I like new things. Um, I'm yeah. very open and willing to try new things. So that yeah. is a personality trait of mine. Yeah. But I also think that I'm all about like calculated risk. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people would characterize my personality as confident, but yeah. I also think that confidence is built and I can see how, you know, I definitely think I got a head up because like, there was mm-hmm. some natural sense of confidence in who I was just by mm-hmm. virtue of being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I might try things, but you got to give yourself opportunities. Um, and that's also related to what I was saying about like, be proud of yourself because that will give you the belief that you can do the next thing. That's mm-hmm. just a little bit further out of your comfort zone. Cause yeah. it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't, you know, pop off to Germany, like just wake up one morning. I'm like, I'm going to do this super risky thing. Right. No, I, mm-hmm. I had previously moved, you know, away for college, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, I'm like Americans, big deal. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I moved away for college. I moved mm-hmm. to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was building my confidence in different mm-hmm. ways. And mm-hmm. like, that is how you can become more risky or how you can mm-hmm. handle more challenges. Right. Right. So, right. you know, I apply that to many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how like just moving out of your familiar like territory, how that becomes such a huge life exercise in so many different ways, you know, like uprooting yourself from your literal comfort space, your literal comfort zone, uprooting from that and then placing yourself in a totally different environment. Like, how many different skills and lessons you learn from just that single thing that you do is just like, it's, it's extraordinary. It's like huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a well, good point. <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, it's good that you're saying that. Cause I'm like, yeah, when I think about myself at that time period, I don't think I, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do these things, you know, like, and I almost didn't even like realize like, how I was building up to it, but also that I was making choices that were very difficult for other people to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how many yeah. people in the world never leave where they were born and raised, you know, so many or people. can't, you know, like yeah. I'm definitely willing to see the the amount of privilege involved this, in this for sure. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because, like, you know, my parents didn't have anything and they fucking moved to America. So it's like, is it always a privileged thing? I don't think so. Like, when I, when I, uh, I think also I'm, luck. I think luck There's factors so much... in. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's luck is really, a privilege. it's really, maybe, I don't think so. I don't agree with that. I, I think it comes with a certain determination. Like, when people say, uh, some, you know, people make their own luck, like, I'm kind of more in agreement with that. Like, mm. my, like, I asked my mom, like, in my 30s, I was like, why did you move to the US? And she's like, I just wanted to make money. 
Like, that was her only reason. I was like, you didn't have any plan or dream of doing something specific? She's like, no, I just wanted to make money. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. I was like... Yeah, but that shit was hard, right? Okay. Like, she was like, you know, she was so young. She was like 29. She had two kids. My dad was like in his 30s, like two kids. No education. No money. No family backing. No family here. Nobody. Just fucking moved. Mm -hmm. With two kids in tow, you know? It's like... And and they did they do not come from privilege. They did not come from privilege. You know, parents were farmers. Mm-hmm. Like so I, I yeah, I don't I don't really buy into the belief that being able to move is a privileged thing. I just think it's a self determination thing. That's how I see it nowadays. Well, I didn't say it was the only yeah. thing. I said that yeah. I was willing to believe that yeah. privilege was a role in it. And I do th- I still think that. Like I'm not saying it was one hundred percent one or the other, and I'm not mm-hmm. downplaying my skills but I'm also not going to downplay um other chances that I have because I have met lots of people who who work very hard and would love to move to America and you know I have a friend who's um Iranian and his Mm -hmm. dream is to go to the Microsoft conference it's so cute (laughs) he makes robots he he he's not a terrorist you know (laughs) like that's the only reason why he wants to come to the United States to if go to this his, Microsoft conference and they won't fucking let him. If that's his dream, he'll eventually make it happen because, you know, that's a very specific dream and it's a feasible one. And if he really wants it, it'll, it'll end up happening. Like uh, I have a, I have a friend, he's, you know, Vietnamese and uh, he doesn't, he's on, un, he's undocumented. He doesn't have papers. And like, you know, he had to get married to somebody who does have papers and you know it's like it's not a real marriage it's for paperwork and he had to pay like forty thousand dollars to do this and you know like I, I you know like immigration is very expensive and it's difficult and um yeah comes with a, a lot of bullshit but you know the people who are willing to do it right like you say like it's a risk right it's a risk people who are willing to take that leap Right. I think that's what sets them apart. Determination, willing to take that leap despite the risk. Yeah. They yeah and then in the end, up... you might still get unlucky. And, you know, I think about people like moving to America and, you know, my grandparents who were immigrants from China and like some of them never had to get back on the boat and turn around because they didn't pass mm-hmm. the immigration thing. So, like, mm-hmm, you could say mm-hmm. they weren't determined. You know, mm-hmm. some of them may have like passed the test and then, you know, became addicted to something. Yeah. 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 And you know, some people, honestly, you could get hit by a car and die. (laughs) And I'm also saying, I mean, I'm truly saying that out of like having recently had a a car accident and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like neither of us asked for that. Neither me or the other car, you know, like that's totally random. So yeah. You know, that's the other, maybe the third factor, you know, (laughs) like, I, I don't know. Now we're getting into this whole conversation about, luck or determination i don't know i think there is like some amount of free will but i also just think like so much of it is just like we could we could never design this Mm. okay interesting i do this on uh, all of my podcasts but i ask a series of flashcard questions which you and i have done once before like 
uh, mm-hmm. one of my podcasts, I only asked you flashcard questions. We didn't have the talk beforehand. So let's do the flashcard series and then and then we can wrap up. So the show mm-hmm. that uh, I'm going to discuss today is called uh, When the Camellia Blooms. It's it's on Netflix, came out a couple of years ago. Um, okay, so I'll just ask you a series of questions uh, based on the show, based on scenes from the show. And, and it's like, what would you do if you were this character in this situation? Okay. Okay. I was just, I was only smiling because I was like, I asked you if I needed to watch a Korean drama. I totally would have watched the Korean drama. <laughs> No, but maybe it, it's okay because because now I will answer as my own version of that character. Yeah, yeah, it's better that you don't watch the show and that you answer okay. it without knowing the show. So is yeah. the show that bad? No, the show is amazing. Show? I actually love okay, the show. Okay. Yeah, I, I prefer okay. that you don't watch the show because the answers are more interesting when you don't know the show. That's that's what I meant. Okay. Okay. So okay. let's say you're a young single mom named Tongbek and you have a young son who just you guys just moved to a very small town where everybody is up in everybody's business the women in your neighborhood are all throwing shade at you and judging you for being a single mother out of wedlock with no husband okay you open up a bar in that neighborhood and they judge you even more and they call you a floozy Mm -hmm. for selling booze what do you do oh yeah i was like first of all i was like i hate this scenario of a small town with like so much business immediately i was like i would wear the most ridiculous i would not put away my fashion you know i would be like you know what fuck you guys like if i'm already the black sheep i'm gonna go harder and (laughs) then you said she that i open a business hell yeah exactly i run the bar and i am a bar what there's a word for this bar mistress barmaid no barmaid i don't work for nobody this is my bar okay (sighs) Our proprietor anyway proprietress okay. yeah fuck okay shit. um i would run the bar everyone's like you're a floozy i'm like i don't care i have all the money because secretly i have a plan to get out of there okay. right so i'm just i'm just taking their 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 husband's money i'm like i don't care if you stare too long at my boobs as long as you tick me because mm-hmm. none of you matter mm. Okay. I don't need your small-mindedness. Mm, mm-hmm, You're just too afraid mm-hmm. to get close to me and know me as a person. And I'm not even willing to t- give you my personality because you don't deserve it. Mm, okay, got it. I like the I like the uh, the doubling down with the outfits. I like that a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're you're still you're the same person. You're Tongbek again. Okay, there's a mm-hmm. cop in this town. His name's Yongshik. He's kind of an idiot. You know, he's like he's like a like a, a <laughs> he's like a labrador. He sounds hot. <laughs> he sounds hot. Young chick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. He's like a couple years younger than you. He's obsessed with you. Okay. He loves like he what a, he loves what a strong woman you are. He loves what a good mother you are. He, you're not and that he's into him. And he's a cop. He's, he's like a small town okay. cop. Okay. You're okay, not I've that into guy. him. You're, you're not that oh. into him, though. But he defends you whenever people badmouth you. He offers mm-hmm. to protect you no matter what. Your son oh. also likes him because he stood up for your son when the kids were bullying him for having uh, a bar mistress lady for a mother. And Yongshi keeps mm-hmm. dropping hints that he really likes you. What do you do? 
so this is the part where I'm like, oh, we got to think about what Marissa would do versus what a K drama would do. Because in the K drama, she is so mean to Young Shik. I can already tell. <laughs> She's a bitch to Young Shik. He's all like at the door with some like nice ass walnuts or something, and she just like <laughs> leave them on the table. You know, that's that's who she is. I know how she do. But for yeah, me, yeah. you know, I'm secretly, I, you know, and maybe this is actually her too. I'm secretly developing a crush. I'm like, you know what? I did see you. You know, I did see you pick up that pail of water, and I saw how your arms looked in that shirt. And maybe I'm starting to think other things. You know? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I'm keeping it easy because, you know, like everybody loves something that they can't have. Mm. Plus, I'm not ready to reveal my, uh-huh. my, wow, I'm like, actually, maybe I do feel more like, not, maybe I have more empathy for K-drama ladies being bitchy because I'm like, on the inside, I'm protecting my little heart. Yes. You know? Yes. I don't, I don't want him to come in there because I'm already brokenhearted from the, Yeah, from she has a history, father. right? Exactly. She has history. a son, but no father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got history. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I can do that again. In real yeah. life, though, I probably yeah. wouldn't be as mean as the yeah. K-drama lady. Yeah, of course not. No. But then like, again, from- I, I don't see me from the outside. I could, I, you know, we were just talking about my most recent relationship, Snappy. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I was a little bit meaner than I thought. Oh, or interesting. Or well, I don't think mean is the word, but, you know, I was like, I'm hot. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sass. You had yeah. you had a little sass, which is yeah. fine. That's I think it's sass is good. Uh, but no, it's, it's just funny that you were like into this guy from the description alone, just from the name alone. It's that's hilarious. Okay, you let's know, say I I dated a clean yeah. cut German. I I could use like a stable dude in my life. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he sounds let's ready say... for commitment. Yeah, he's he's so into her. Okay, okay. Let's say you're a man named. Chung Yu now. You're a different guy. Your name's Chung Yu. You're a professional Sexy in a ba- different way. <laughs> <laughs> you're a professional baseball player. All right. You're uh-huh. a celebrity. Okay. You're married to like a fitness model chick, and you guys have an infant daughter. Your wife mm-hmm. does not cook, does not clean. She's just into her looks. She doesn't even take care of the fucking baby. You take care of the baby. Mm. Because of this reason. Because you guys kept fighting, you guys separated. You're technically separated, but on paper, you're still married. In the media, you're still together. Okay. Mm-hmm. One day, you see your ex girlfriend, Tongbek, in your old hometown, and you see that she has an eight year old son named Pilgu. And Tongbek says to you that you're the father of this kid, but that this kid is also just her son, not yours. What do you do? I'm like, yo, Tongbek, take me back. Let's be a family. Like my my bitch ass IG wa- wifey is like not cutting it. Yeah, you know, like let's oh. let's give these kids some brothers. Is it a girl that I have with my my like Instagram model wife or what? Or yeah, you whatever. Have a daughter, you have an infant daughter. Let, yeah. Let's get these kids some siblings. You know, oh. like let let's get let's get back together. You're looking good. I like this bar thing going for you, man. Wow. You know. I'm like, let's let's make a cohesive family unit. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, that's practical. It's pragmatic. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're a town elder named Tuxun. Okay. You're like you know in your 60s, 70s. All right. You're like you're like the shit in the town. Like you're like and I have the, a mole. You're like the matriarch. <laughs> 
Uh, I've decided I have a mole. Yeah, and, and okay, yeah, yeah. You wear you wear just like a little a, bit of a handkerchief over hair. your hair. You know, you're like the oh. matriarch of that neighborhood. Like everybody like looks up to you, right? Oh, okay, okay. You you and Dongbaek are pretty close, right? You oh. love her son Pilgu, and you feed him lunch whenever you see him. Okay, your mm-hmm. own son is Yongshik, the cop. Okay, he's the youngest son of yours. He's kind he's kind of an idiot. You That's find why out. he likes her. It's like sassy women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strong, powerful women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I although, find out? Sorry. Although tonally, although tonally, they're very different. Very, very, very different. Okay. You find out that Yongshik, your youngest son, is in love with Dongbaek. In fact, they're they're kind of seeing each other, and Yongshik wants to marry her, but you feel uncomfortable about letting your youngest son marry a woman who has a son out of wedlock. But you and Tongbek are also very close. What do you do? That's a rough one because you know I know how it goes in the K drama, but. Uh-huh. As as me me, uh-huh, uh-huh. I would probably be like you know because actually you know if on a dating app today would I date somebody who has a kid already? No, mm. to be honest, I'm like mm-hmm. you got a whole other life, a whole other thing, right. and I I'm not ready for that. It's a lot. So I could you know I would be lying if I'd be like yeah everything would be fine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would like sit him down and I would be like you know this kid's gonna become your kid. You realize uh-huh. that like. I like I like him. I'll give him lunch, but at the end of the day, he goes home. Yeah. You know, at some point, this kid's gonna turn sixteen. Think about joining a gang. Think about tattoos right. and some shit. What are you gonna do then? You know? Yeah. Oh. But you know, I probably as a grandma, I'd be like, you think you know, you think she wants to have another baby? Because like mm. I'm I'm in for the for the the second baby too. You know, like mm. I could have two grandkids. Yeah. And if I feel like that will make you again more of a cohesive unit. I'm yeah, all like, just yeah, yeah. Att- you know, just everybody do it together. It's a hard situation living this in this world. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. guys take care of each other. Do that thing. So, you know, I, I would hope that he sounds like a trust. Maybe I, I feel like I trust Yongshik. And if he's mm-hmm. like, I really believe in this and, I, you know, I feel good about this and I'm willing to commit. I'd be like, no, good for you. You're an upstanding person. Mm. Okay. No, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. And I, I might trust myself. I'm like, I raised a good boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and there would be hell to pay if, if she hurt him. But, you know, I'm like, in the meantime, that's that's on, that's on a scenario that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like, I trust myself. I raised a good boy, so I trust his decisions. Like, that's like, that's like well, next yeah. level. That's like next level well, the time. mature parenting. All yeah. these parents and like people in the movies is like they they're all worried how it will look on them, which is like so big yeah. in like Asian cultures and like how is this yes. gonna look? Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, well, if I feel comfortable then I don't have to deal. Yeah. I don't have to worry about how it's gonna look. Cause I know. So wise. So wise. All right. I love that. Okay. Let's say you're Tongbek again, okay? Your mm-hmm. ex boyfriend Chongyu says he wants mm-hmm. you back. He wants to get back together with you and raise Pilgu with you, okay? Meanwhile, Yongshik is also kind of in your life, making your day-to-day pretty fun, and he gets along well with Pilgu. What do you do? Dude, we don't know. It, well, I mean, like, okay, this is what I would think. I'd be like, all right, we don't know if, if 
the, what's the one that, who's not Yongshik? Sorry, Big Chung uh, Yul. Chung Yul. Uh-huh. We don't know how much he's changed in eight years. Mm. So even if it is the biological father, yeah. I don't know what he's like. There must have been a right. reason why I didn't get with him at that time when he yep. was born. Yep. And I made these decisions. Yep. So I might be like, you know, like you can have a relationship with Pugil. Pugil. Oh, that makes more sense. Um, you can have a relationship. We see how that goes. And, yeah. you know, but I'm not about to start dating you. Like we can like spend time together and I can decide right. if, if that's happening. But, you know, for now I'm dating two boys. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay. But IRL though, I probably would have to refrain from having sex from either of them because if I start having sex with either of them, I would go crazy. Uh. <laughs> like now it's out now it's out in the world, you know? Like if you're thinking about dating me and you stalk me to a level where you listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'd be pretty impressed. Actually, I'd find that really hot. <laughs> like <laughs> And, like, every comedian's, like, wet dream is, like, somebody who's so into them that they, like, actually listen to all the podcasts they've been on. Oh. Oh, my God. Daddy. <sighs> Lord uh. have mercy. Okay. All right. All right. Final question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're Dongbaek again. All right. You grew up in an orphanage. Okay. You, when you were a little kid, your mother, who was a single mom, dropped you off at the orphanage and she never came to pick you up even though she said she was going to okay there's always an orphanage yeah and now that you're older she's trying to get back into your life okay like they found her wandering around town she was like pissing herself like she has dementia she can't really speak like she's like out of it and but they were right. like, she looks familiar. Why does this woman look like she could be hot underneath all that? And I'm like, oh, she looks like the barmaid. I, 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 no. Like, they just, <laughs> they, the police just found identification and they just connected the dots. And it was, turns okay. out it's, it's you know, Tungbek's mom. Uh, she has no other family besides you. But, so you kind of, you take her in. Okay. But you later find out. She's been faking dementia this whole time. She's totally lucid, but she's actually back in your life because she needs an organ donor because she's dying of a fatal illness. What do you do? I mean, what's the organ, right? That's like always this classic like K-drama. It's like, actually, you could live after this, but you might not, but you might not. And then there's that scene where like the doctor comes in and they're like, He's gonna be fine. You're like, ah! yeah. um, let's, let's, it's a, it's a kidney. Let's say it's a kidney. So you could give someone your kidney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to think that I'm pretty generous, and I, I do believe that if it's something, I probably would give her the kidney, and then just be like, never come back again. Really? Wow. Or give her the kidney, see if she's nicer. <laughs> and and then decide oh wow but yeah actually the lie thing is pretty shitty Mm, yeah Mm. but i wouldn't let her take my little kids kidney Mm -hmm. and be like no 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 that's different like i could risk my life but i'm not gonna let you right you know take my little boy wow okay yeah i mean 
I've said this before. I'm like, I'd probably take a bullet for a good amount of people. But now that now that I'm an actor, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I need that. I, I I can't be shot at and shit. My idea of safety is different. Um, hmm. Yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes I don't know. I guess like we're like vermin too, or we're like animals, right? Yeah. I'm like, why does this lady even want to continue living? Yeah. I guess that's the depressed part of me speaking. I'm like, oh, you want to live? <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay. That's weird. I don't personally understand it, but I heard it's a thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> okay. All right. That 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 wraps it up. Thank you, Marissa. You're welcome.